My name is Tyler Holliday, and you're listening to The Chat, the show where I discuss a range of subjects, including hot topics from the media, instrumental music education, pop culture, drag, and much more. Please join me and my very special guest, Squirrel Friends, as we chat our way through the week. And make sure you like and subscribe to my channel and push that notification button to be notified immediately when I upload new content. What are you waiting for? We've got some chatting to do. Let's go. Welcome to The Chat, the show where I discuss a variety of topics. This week's episode will feature my experiences with race, religion, and sexuality. But first, let's get into some hot topics. If you haven't been watching this season of Drag Race, then you're missing a cast full of all-star legends. Now, before I dive in, I will be talking about the episodes in detail, so a spoiler alert is in full effect. This season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5 consists of a cast of 10 contestants, including Blair St. Clair from Season 10, Shea Coulee from Season 9, Miss Cracker from Season 10. Now, wait, pause, pause, hold it before you white folk come for me in the comment section. No, I did not call her the racial slur. That's her name. That's her drag name. But I will say she does, you know, credit herself as being thin, being white and being salty. And if that doesn't make a cracker, then I don't know what does. But that's her words, not mine. No, seriously, it really is her words. That's what she says. So that's it. Anyway, um, we also have Juju B from season two and All Stars one. We have Alexis Mateo from season three and All Stars one. We have India Fair from season three, Mayhem Miller from season ten, Mariah Paris Balenciaga from season three, Anjana from the original Drag Race season, and Derek Barry from season eight. If you haven't been watching this season, Mama Ru has changed the rules of the game yet again. Instead of there being two top all-stars of the week and they lip sync against each other for a legacy and earn themselves a cash prize of $10,000 and the power to send one of the bottom queens home, RuPaul will now choose the top all-star and they will lip sync against a secret lip sync assassin from a previous season. RuPaul will also pick a bottom two or three queens of the week as well. But this is where the gag comes in. Instead, this season, everybody gets a vote. That's right, honey. We call that a rumocracy. At the end of every single episode, each queen will vote who they want to go home. Now, if the top all-star wins the lip sync, then that all-star will choose who goes home, along with winning, you know, the $10,000. But if the lip sync assassin wins that $10,000 will be rolled over into next week and that uh, lip sync assassin will reveal who the majority of the queens have chosen to go home and that queen will be eliminated. Now, I know that was a lot. I was just trying to throw it all out there. We're not going to get into all the gist of every single episode because that would just take entirely too long. But I will say that this ep- this season of Drag Race is like no other. With this new rules, it has changed the game. And mama, let me tell you, it gets heated with it. We got some alliances going on. We have some alleged campaigning going on. A huge drama between 
uh, you know, Alexis Mateo and India Farah and I guess Mayhem Miller because she was dropped into it. We don't really have all the answers to that, but I think we might get that on this week's episode. This week is the final week of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 5. It is our finale and we are at our top three and our top three all-stars of this season are Jujubee, Miss Cracker, and Miss Shea Coulee. Now, let's just look at it from a statistical standpoint. You know, at the top of the leaderboard, we have Miss Cracker with three Maxi Challenge wins. Um, followed by that would be Shea Coulee with two Maxi Challenge wins and Jujubee only winning one of them. So, we don't really know. As as if you have ever seen this show, you know that anything could change at any second. We never know, especially with All-Stars. Y'all, y'all saw All-Stars 3. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. We done all saw All-Stars 3. Shangela, really? Trixie winning? Come on now. She won how many? Ch- but I digress. Anyway, so... We don't really know what's going on. Now, if you were to ask me when the cast was announced, who I thought would be at the top, who would win the whole thing, there would be no doubt about it. I would say Shea Coulee because we all know that she didn't come to play. She came to slay, and that's exactly what she did. She ripped all of my edges out back in season nine. I knew that she was going to come back and do the dang on thing. And from the moment she stepped into this season, she came out with the bang and a vengeance and really proved herself from the beginning of the episode. So, or the beginning of the season. So that's who my pick would have been. Now, you know, as the season goes on and progresses, we see kind of different things, different storylines, all that kind of stuff. I don't know who's going to win. I don't, I really don't know. You know, if it's based on statistics, you know, Miss Cracker has the most wins. So, she should win. And I, I like to be fair. Nine times out of ten, I would I'm in line with whoever has the most wins should win the season. Now, there's a couple of times where it's a case by case situation where, you know, they might be tied for the most wins and then I just kind of pick who I like better or who has a better storyline. But then again, I'm sort of realistic too. But I also live for Juju B too, so it's anybody's game. I kind of want to know what you guys are thinking. So I want you guys to do me a favor. I want you to go over to Instagram. I want you to find the search bar and type in underscore the underscore chat underscore. I want you to find the post for episode two. And in the comments, I want you to comment which team you're on. Who do you think is going to win this uh, season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars? Are you team Jujubee? Are you team Miss Cracker? Or are you team Shea Coulee? Make sure that you guys go over to my Instagram and you guys do that for me. Our next topic is interesting to say the least i'm talking about kanye west and his campaign rally in charleston south carolina now back in 2016 things already got interesting when trump decided that he wanted to run for president and then fast forward you know four years later and we have trump going for re-election and now we have joe biden running for president and now we got kanye west throwing his name back into the gauntlet for us to vote him for president too, when I believe he already tried to do that mess in 2016. Child, I'm sitting over here like Gia Gunn, like, looks like there's room for everybody. Let's just say that. Now, first of all, uh, Kanye decided that he wanted to 
run for president. And then like a couple of days later, he was like, you know what, JK, I'm gonna just go ahead and scoop myself out of here. So my whole mind is blown because I'm like, why are you in South Carolina campaign rallying? What are you rallying for? No one wants you here, but that's just me. I don't know. My theory is that, you know, he does allegedly, and it's alleged, have an album coming out on Friday. So like, you know, from a marketing business standpoint, that's a good opportunity to plug yourself and pull a stunt to get people to buy your album. Because look at Trump. He did and said whatever he wanted to get the presidency. And now look at where we are in a hot mess. That's what we are. So if it's from a business and a marketing standpoint, then maybe that theory is correct. Now, another theory is kind of one that I've just heard from other people's. I don't necessarily know if it's completely true, but some people are saying that, you know, he's trying to pull the patch, honey. He's pulling a stunt trying to get Trump reelected, that he's trying to take black voters away from Biden. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's just a speculation. That's what I've heard. Whatever his MO is, all I know is that it's crazy. But you know what? It's not as crazy as some of the tomfoolery statements this man, boy, chow, made at this campaign rally. Now, before I even get into quoting what he said, I want to talk to the people who went to this rally, the audience member. If you were listening to this podcast and you went to this rally in Charleston, South Carolina, and, and anybody who was in the audience, you're shady. I call T. I call shade. That's what you are. That's what they are. But you know what? I'm going to forgive you because I live for it. Because none of y'all who went there went there to see and to support him. We all knew that he was going to make a fool of himself and was going to do some and say some stupid stuff. And of course, he uh, did not disappoint. He decided that in this rally, he was going to talk about Harriet Tubman. And and now I will uh, use a direct quote. He said, Harriet Tubman didn't actually free the slaves. She just had the slaves go back, uh, go to work for other white people. Now, as you can imagine, once this soundbite hit social media, people lit his behind up like he was a firecracker on the 4th of July. Now, rightfully so. But he didn't just stop there. He also decided that during his rally that he was going to announce to the entire world that him and Kim wanted to abort their first child, Northwest. Now, why would he do that, you ask? I don't have the answer to your question because I'm just as confused as you. You know, most rappers nowadays, you know, they put their life and their business out in their music. I don't really understand that either, but that's kind of the standard that's been happening. But you know, here we are, we're dealing with Kanye, nothing he does really makes sense. So I'm not really surprised that this was the time that he thought that he should do that. Um, But yeah, he decided that he was going to tell the whole world about them wanting to abort Northwest. And now I'm going to pause again. I'm going to pause again because I just need some, I'm just truly confused. And I'm just going to, I think we just need a moment of silence for y'all to convince me why naming in their child Northwest was a good idea. No, I'm awake. Nobody's gonna speak up? Oh, oh, so you should go let me be dumb too? You just, so I'm gonna be just like, okay, whatever. But seriously, what in the world? I know this is like old, old news and it has nothing to do with the child. Like, that's not the baby's fault. The baby didn't do nothing. There's, these are two grown folk or allegedly grown folk who are naming their child a direction. 
what happened to the good old days when we just named our kids, you know, good old wholesome Christian, you know, spicy urban names like, you know, Lakeisha Monique, right? I miss those kind of days. Or when we can name somebody, you know, popcorn and vanilla-y like, you know, Beth or Constantine or, you know, Mary, something like that. You know, I just live when times were just much simpler, but I guess those times are over and we're just going to name our kids directions. Now, besides the point, on top of all of that, after, you know, the rally was over and all of this stuff kind of hit social media, it came forward that Kim allegedly tried to involuntarily, involuntarily commit Kanye to like a mental facility. Now, which I'm not even gonna lie, I don't know, that actually might be a good idea because... No, like, no Tino Shade. Like, if this is something serious, like, he might need to go to a facility. And that's no Tino Shade, because mental health really is no joking matter. I didn't been through my stuff. I'm sure other people have been through their stuff. You've probably been through your stuff. We didn't have our good times, our bad times. We didn't have some bad thoughts, some good thoughts, yada, 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 yada. But if if it's something serious, then he, mean, he might need to go somewhere. And he did come out you know, on his last album and say that he was diagnosed with bipolar. So if this is something of that nature, then he might really need to go to this facility. And if it has nothing to do with bipolar and he just needs somebody to talk to, Kanye, I'm going to give you my therapist number. She's the uk. Like, I got you because she did wonders for me. And if she can do it for me, I know she can do it for you. So because my life was a child, we not even going to go there. But uh, yeah, that's... That's crazy. Y'all need to let me know what you think about the whole Kanye West fiasco because that was crazy too. Our last hot topic is about the nasty, radically racist people in our country. Now, I will say, if you would like to watch either of the two videos that I'm about to describe, you can find those in the description bar. So if you would like to watch those, you can view those at your discretion. I'm going to do my best to try to describe what's happening in both videos first, and then I'll kind of give you my input on what I think has happened and why these issues even occurred in the first place. So the first video is titled, Violent Racist Rant Man Yells N-Word and Spits at Verizon Employer. In this video, we see a white man outside of Verizon store yelling and hitting the doors and the windows of the store because he couldn't get into uh, the store to fix his phone. What Now, what I believe happened is that he went in to fix his phone and when he was unable to get the phone fixed, he had got upset and then eventually walked out of the store and the employees locked the door so he couldn't get back in. Well, in the video, you just see him losing it yelling and spitting at the door and the windows and then he ends up calling one of the employees the n-word then he like walks over to the car and an employee tries to go out and get his name but the other employee is like don't do that we've already got him we've called the cops all that kind of stuff then the white guy runs back over this time he just loses it to the max starts literally trying to break the doors down kicking it. Chow, he was Jasmine Sullivan. And he was like, I bust the windows out your car. But instead, it was the door of the Verizon store. Like, he was not playing. Yelling, screaming, cussing. And then, by that point, the cops showed up. And then that's where the video kind of ended. Like I said, I'm going to explain both of the videos first. So that way, anybody can hear about it. And then I'll put in my uh, two cents. Now, in the second video, it's called Racist in Brooklyn. 
for all my Drag Race friends. I don't know if you remember this, but Brooklyn! I know it, I know. my last week's guest will understand that. Anyway, um, it's called Racist in Brooklyn Yells N-Word Attacks Guy Recording. So in this video, the white guy is seen outside the car yelling at someone and then who, which by the way, we never see in the video. Um, and then he calls that person the N-Word and then gets back into his car. Well, the guy recording the video, who wasn't the black person that was called the N-word, and was just a, reg a random bystander, confronts the person in the car and basically calls him a jerk and an a-hole because he got upset and was cussing and all that kind of stuff. Then the guy in the car got upset and is going back and forth and asked him, you know, what are you going to do with this recording? And of course, the person recording said, you know, I'm going to put this on the internet. Then the other guy just goes, I, I don't care. I'll have fans. I know, ill, Jesus, gross. Um, then he like threatens to beat up the guy recording if he didn't leave. And then the situation escalated like really rapid. Then he gets out of the car, snatches the phone, throws it to the ground. And then that's the end of the video that we see. And then you see like another clip right at the very end from a different angle, I guess, from someone else taking a video of what happened with it too. So if you want to see that too. Now, in both of those instances, we have one thing that's in common. Okay, two things that's in common. Okay, three things that's in common. Male, white, the N-word. So, what... The question is, wh why is it that this is what we have to resort to in 2020? Why are we adults acting like this? Why are we behaving like this? What is it that we're trying to accomplish? What example are we setting for future generations, for our children? What, what, are, what are we accomplishing by having these moments of ignorance and just being belligerent? Because I guarantee you, like in the first video, there is nothing that is that serious that you need to spit on someone's door Break their doors down. Call them the N-word because you can't get your phone fixed. Baby, I'm so sorry you lived in such a privileged world that when you need to get your phone fixed, you need to get it fixed right then and there. I am so sorry. The world does not revolve around you, boo-boo. I guarantee you that. You wouldn't go to a doctor because you're sick. And if they are not able to fix whatever is wrong with you, you would not go to them and call them all of these disgusting disgusting and vile names. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because they're not magicians. They're not a higher power. They're not God. They can't just fix everything. These Verizon employees are specialists at what they do, but does that mean that they can fix literally everything? No, it's unrealistic to expect them to fix every single thing that is wrong with that. So the fact that this man had this idea that's his own fault. That's his own perception. That's his own fog perception. But he had this perception that, you know, they work at the Verizon store. They can fix everything. If they can't fix anything, why are they working here? I mean, we're not all perfect. None of us are perfect. Hannah Montana said it the best. Nobody's perfect. Just saying. So I don't understand. And then in the second video, I don't even know where, where that even came from. I, I don't care how mad you are. I have one of the worst road rage ever, but you will not hear me calling somebody out of their net. Well, I call them out the name. I call them maybe not so, such a nice name, but I'm not going to call them a derogatory or a racial slur or something because what 
what what good does that what good does that do? I'm certainly not gonna actually get out my car and scream that at somebody because one, I'm an adult and I'm not trying to act like I'm better than anybody or that I'm uppity, but there's just a level of decency that I have for humans. And I think the issue is that we've dehumanized ourselves or we've dehumanized other people, I should say. We live in a world where now in 2020, you either are or you aren't. And if you aren't, you are shunned. And that is so sad. Now, I hate to to think like this, but this has always been something that I've always just kind of naturally felt was prevalent within our society. And that is whether you are white, black. Now, I'm specifically talking about white people. So um, what? whether you're subconsciously or you're blatantly, there's some type of racist or racial bias or racial prejudice that is built within us. It's not just white people. There are black people that are the exact same way. But in this particular situation, I'm talking about black or white people because I'm a black person and I can see things from that perspective as well as from myself too. Now, whether you have any of these things or they're you know, intentional or they're like rooted deep within you. We all have something that's in us that just naturally wants to divide us. We look different. So we just naturally want to compare and to think these different things. But what the issue is, is that, or at least what I've always experienced is I get the feeling that, you know, a white person might not be racist or they say that they're not racist, but they have some racial, you know, something within their family or within themselves. And, you know, even though they might have had a black friend or they might have one black friend or they might have dated a black person, or they might have a black daughter or they might have had a black coworker or they might have slept with a black person or something like that. And they think it's all fine and cool and dandy. But I guarantee you the minute and these two individuals have proven to us that the minute that a black person does something that inconveniences them or does something that goes against what they want them to do, just like that. They're going to turn on you and they're going to call you this and that and this and this and that. And I just think it's absolutely absurd. And that's just an opinion. It's not necessarily a fact. Of course, I'm not talking about every single white person. Of course, I'm not trying to put an umbrella or something like that. I'm just kind of voicing my opinions. If you agree with me, you agree with me. If you disagree, you disagree. I don't really care. It's just what it is. But... It's just crazy. Um, we've got to do better. We've, we have truly got to do better. One thing I will say about 2020 is that it's not just America that's suffering. 2020 has been bad to us all. But what I will say is that America has really stepped up his game. And our radically racists are standing up. And they're being louder and they're prouder. And that's a good thing because now we get to see exactly who these uh, monsters are and we get to stand up against them. So I hope that you guys um, take this last topic sort of seriously um, and that you're kind of disgusted like I am. I think it's I think it's fair to say that some of the actions that these two people did were kind of despicable. But those are all the topics and those are all the times we have for. We'll be back after this short break. 
Today's episode is all about race, religion, and sexuality. Now, to get us started, we're going to dissect these three things, and then we'll put them back together to see how those have shaped me. Up first, we'll start with race, because I feel like in 2020, we are seeing the world unravel before our eyes when it comes to race. To many, it may seem like the new century of civil rights movement. Being Black or a person of color, I think it's important to embrace who you are and what you look like. With the Black Lives Matter movement, there are so many people, majority are the white ones, who seem that they make it their goal or their mission to say that this movement is racist. They make the claim that all lives matter, which, don't get me wrong, is certainly true. But in the process, they never really agree that black lives themselves matter in accordance or along with the all lives matter movement. Or they'll say things like that we don't see color and we never have. And to me personally, I just think that's equally ignorant to say because what you're essentially saying is you don't have the ability to see other people for their different races. Now, of course, that's not what they mean. What they're intending when they say this is that race doesn't play a part in their day-to-day decision making. Mm, Now, you ask me, I think that's a crock of you-know-what too, but we'll get to that a little bit later. I do think it's important that we do recognize and acknowledge people for their differences. I fully believe that God created us all uniquely, and in doing so, he made us all colors and shades intentionally. Whether you're black, white, brown, Asian, or whatever, you are important, and being that race plays a prominent role in your life. For me, I'm a black man, so that does play a huge role in my life. Now, whether I agree that it should play such a large role, well... That's not for me to decide. I can't control what color I want to be. What I can control, though, is how I let that color affect me. Meaning, I can choose to do two two options. I can pretend to not identify or associate myself with that race altogether. That's my heritage or my culture, any of that. Or I can embrace myself and my beautifulness of that race. Now, I will say... Growing up as a child, for many years, I was ashamed of being black. I remember growing up always being different. All of my friends were white. All of my friends had money in their family. All of my friends had better opportunities. Now, let's fast forward to 2020. A lot of things about me haven't really changed. A lot of my friends are white. And a lot of my friends do come from family, or excuse me, do come from money in their family and just had better opportunities or different opportunities The difference is I've learned to embrace who I am and I use who I am as a testimony nowadays. But going back to when I was a child, because of all of this differences, it started to make me feel like there was something wrong with me. And the only physical difference that I saw between myself and my friends was that I was black. So as a kid, I would do everything in my power not to seem black to the point where all of my white friends and just white people in general would make comments and and it's not just white people either I shouldn't have said that black people do it too because black people are not fully accepting either um but they would make comments like oh you're an oreo or you you think you're white or you want to act white or you look you look good for a black guy or you talk good for a black guy why do you dress like a white person why are you talking like a white person now of course at the time I wasn't hurt by any of these claims, these statements, these comments, because, you know, that was kind of my goal. I didn't want to play up the stereotypical black guy. I just wanted people to like me for me, not my race. Now, as I got older, I had start, 
I started to embrace myself more and more, especially when I got to college. When I got to college, I really wanted to reinvent who I was. And a part of that journey led to the discovery that, you know, I am unique and being black isn't so bad. It's actually pretty awesome in that my black is beautiful and I can be just as successful as anybody else while also being black. I challenge anybody listening that if you're struggling with race or you're struggling with racial identity to let you be who you are because we are all different, but that doesn't define how successful we can be. And it doesn't define how we can be productive members to society either. Next, let's talk about religion. Now, I know religion can be a touchy subject, but for me, it has never been a really a touchy subject. Growing up, I was raised in the church. My mother was an evangelist. She taught Sunday school and all. Needless to say, religion ran deep in my family. My personal experience with religion has actually always been good. Now, many people cannot always say that. Maybe they started off having a good uh, relationship with religion and then they kind of fell away from it or they were forced to go to church and they didn't really want to go or they felt isolated or something like that. But for me, I always liked going to church. I always loved listening to the word. Now, I will say that I went to a stereotypical black church, you know, the one where we start at 8 a.m. with praise and worship and then that lasts till 10 and then we tithe and then we praise and worship some more. Then pastor comes and prays and then it's 1 p.m. and then the starts the service and then pastor preaches for two hours and then everybody's hungry and then the pastor say, can I keep going? And there's always that one black lady that say, take your time, pastor. Anybody else been to that church? No, just me. Oh, OK, well, anyway, for me. I've always had a good experience with religion. Now, I'm going to stop and say that I know that we all do not have the same religion, and that's okay. No matter what religion you practice, even if you don't practice religion at all, I'm going to uh, explain how I feel about my personal religion. And because I do feel like how I was brought in my religion has shaped me. I will say that God has always been there when I needed him the most. He's the reason why I'm alive today. Fully believe that. When I was going through my childhood traumas, and let me say there were many of them, he was who I would go to because there was nobody else I could go to. I think most people, when they think of religious people, they just think of judgmental sinners. And low-key, high-key, it's true. Am I a religious person? Yes. Am I judgmental? Yes. And petty. And some other things as well. Do I sin? Absolutely. But my thought is that God is love. Did you know that love is the reason why we're even here? It is the most powerful thing in our universe. Ain't no weapon greater than love. It, uh, it is the only thing that speaks every single language. It reaches every single race. It touches every single land. So because of this great force, we need to love each other more. Because if we show each other love, then we're acting and living the way God wanted us to. And I fully believe that God created each and every one of us to do something special. There is a plan and a purpose for your life. And if there's nothing that you take away from this, or if you walk away with this, not taking anything from this podcast, at least walk away knowing that you do have purpose. I want you to touch your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, say purpose. If you ain't got a neighbor, just turn to yourself and say purpose because what you got it now. Whatever it is that you're good at, you need to pursue that. Pursue that with love and God being the forefront of all of that. This is how we live our destiny and how we prosper in life. 
If you've had a bad experience with religion or if you've had a family member or a friend make you not believe or want anything to do with religion, I challenge you to find out what is it that turns you away from it. If it was someone or something that they said, I encourage you to go seek someone else to find a different perspective. Who knows? Maybe that's just not the religion for you. Maybe you need to uh, see if you can find a different religion that you could probably go to and see. Not re Religion is not for everybody, but I thoroughly encourage everyone to seek for themselves um, their own belief and not just base that off of a bad experience. And lastly, let's talk about sexuality because a lot has changed over the past decade. The last five years, heck, even the past year, sexuality is not an area that's just two-toned anymore. People are coming out to realize that they don't just have to like girls or just boys. They can like both. They can like neither. They can like the same gender. It doesn't matter. But no matter who you like or what you identify as, just like with race, it shouldn't define your success or how you can be a member of society. My experience with sexuality has always been a struggle. When I was a kid, I was always thrown into sexuality. Other kids would tell me that I'm gay instead of letting me decide for myself what I wanted to be, who I wanted to be. This was partially because I didn't play into any stereotypes at all. Like, for some reason, when I was a kid, I was, I guess that you know what, like I didn't play in any stereotypes. You weren't finna tell me that I'm this. You weren't finna tell me that I'm that. And it didn't have anything to do with me being gay. It's just, I didn't like being told who I could be. Now, I didn't want to be like most of the boys. I didn't sexualize the girls. I wouldn't hang out with the boys. I wouldn't listen to male artists, etc. It wasn't because I thought that I was gay or I wanted to be gay. It's just because I didn't want to do that. Now, when I was a kid, I was very much against gay people. I would get angry when people would call me or tell me that I was gay, and I would get offended when they would ask me, if you are in the LGBTQ community, you let me know if you can relate. Did Has an experience like this ever happened? You know, you're sitting in class, and you get a, a, a note from somebody, or somebody comes up to you and says, hey, can I ask you a question and don't get offended and you already know as soon as they ask you or tell you that you don't need to be offended, you are ready to pop them right in a, you know what? So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Y'all let me know if y'all can relate to that too, but it just irritates me that that's what has to be at the forefront of everything. And I, I truly don't understand it. I know that I just wanted to be me and that was it. Um, because of this constant pressure and hatred, so many people had against gay people. I just naturally started to have that same energy as well. It wasn't until the end of my high school days that I started to even entertain the idea of being anything other than straight. I know for many years I was against homosexuality, not only because of that pressure and being told that I was, but also because of religion too. Remember a second ago, I talked about how religious I was, how I came from religion. So naturally, it's it's kind of, embedded in my brain that being anything other than straight is a bad thing. So I was afraid of what my family would think. I didn't want the church to turn on me at all either. And I lived with that for years and years and years. And when I got to college, I truly figured that this was the perfect time to completely reinvent myself, rediscover. I moved completely away from home. I left everything behind when I left, um, when I went to college. Now, 
when I got to college, I decided to come out to myself and ended up getting in a relationship and it lasted for over two years. Fantastic. Since then, I just kind of take my life as it is. You know, like Jordan Sparks said, one step at a time. That's literally what I do. I embrace myself exactly who I am. Again, I think that we are all created uniquely and different for a reason. If you are listening and you know someone who may be struggling with identity or heck, maybe that person is you and you just aren't ready to accept it. Or maybe you are, but you haven't really said it out loud. I'm here to tell you that it's okay to be who you are. This is your life. Don't nobody pay the bills other than you. So because of that, no one should have an opinion that should matter to you. You have to live the life that you want to live if you want to prosper. Living a life in secrecy will never get you to where you are. It will never get you to where you think you could be. Now, am I saying that it's going to be easy? No, absolutely. Was it easy for me? It wasn't. It's a long and hard road. It really is. And if you don't have anybody that you can turn to, you don't have family, I encourage you to go out and create one because that's what I had to do. When I was a kid, I didn't have a whole lot of family. Even today, I don't have a whole lot of family. I have my mother and that is it. So I had to go out and seek my own family. Family doesn't just have to be blood. They can be your friends. They can be your tribe, your community. I encourage everybody to go out and find their family. Now, I have dissected these three items. Now let's put them back together to see how they have shaped me. No matter whether it's race, religion, or sexuality, they have all played a significant role in my upbringing. But with each of these, they do play a different role altogether. With race, society has told us time and time again that if you are Black, that you are uh, 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 more violent, that you are um, more prone to be uneducated, that you are prone to not be the wealthy people. And that's just not fair to have an entire nation think this about a specific race. My black is absolutely beautiful. Like I said earlier, I have overcome many things that maybe most black people haven't, not even just black people. Most people haven't experienced at all. Now, this is Trump's 2020. So I will say that um, I feel like I'm not better than anybody, but I'm at least educated. I can say that much. Um, And I just I think that race is such a beautiful thing, but we've turned it into such a bad thing when we should be embracing and accepting all of these different races. We're instead segregating and discriminating against all of these things. When it comes to um, religion, what society has told us is that if you are religious, then you have to be a hypocrite. You have to be hateful. You can't love gay people. That is just not the reality of what I think religious people should be. Religion should be about love, should be about acceptance. It should be about getting people to know who God is, and getting them to follow in the same path to being a good person. If you do that, then we will all just live in a better world. When it comes to sexuality, it doesn't matter who you like, what you like, any of that kind of things. What matters is you living your most authentic life. And 
you can do all of that. You can be gay and you can be religious because my experience and what I like to do is I like to use my religion as a testimony to other outsiders, people who are gay, who don't think that they can fit in. I'm here to say that you can because God loves you for who you are. He created you the way you are for a reason. So that's how I feel. I definitely think that all three of these prominent um you know, issues, these topics can shape our world for the better. We've just got to figure out how to navigate and not be so hateful. I think this is the reason why our country is in such troubled times is because instead of embracing, instead of being that melting pot, instead of accepting, we turn to ignorance. We turn to hatred. We turn to pushing others away because you don't look like me, because you don't think like me, because you don't act like me, because you don't like the same things as me. And that is where we run into major problems. That's not what our country should be founded on. If that's what it was founded on, we've certainly lost our track. Hopefully we can find a way to get our way back to that. Before I end, I just want to leave a message for us all to take away. Be kind and show love. Feel love. Give love. Let love shine bright and love everybody. Notice that I didn't say love who we want to love or love people who are like us. Love everybody because at the end of the day, love is love is love. Thank you guys for listening. Join me next week as me and my special guest squirrel friend chat our way through some new topics. And until next time, bye.